Welcome to the Jack O'Lantern Press Podcast, where we discuss monsters and Halloween. My name is Michael Piccarella. And my name is Tom Piccarella. And tonight's episode, Slasher Summer, where we'll be talking about our favorite slasher psychos. And since we're discussing our favorite slasher psychos, we're recording from Camp Slasher Psycho in Bigfoot National Park, one of Transylvania's 13 wild and deadly districts. But speaking of Transylvania, we have an announcement. Yep. Our book is now out. It came out uh, on Memorial, Memorial Day. Day, so a little little over a week ago. You can uh, you can find it find it at jackolanternpress.com if you go to that website. Um, our official website is not up yet, but if you go to the jackolanternpress.com, uh, we do have uh, a little story. Um, well, it's it's a blog, and then you click on that. And then the links are in there as well as the podcasts. Um, you could also find it on Amazon. Um, and just you can make sure search. Make sure when you search Transylvania Traveler, you spell Transylvania uh, Transylvain V E I N like bloody vein. Yeah, Y A. So Transylvania Traveler. Otherwise, you may get some actual Transylvania travel guides. To, to the real Transylvania, not the monster universe. Best, yeah, best place that I would say uh, to get it is just go on jackalanternpress.com, click the link there, it'll take you right to it, and then you can you could follow along with us on on talking about the the thirteen deadly districts of the book, and uh, guides basically it guides you through the thirteen deadly districts. So it's 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 a tour guide. Yep. Um, so that you could survive the, the 13 districts of Transylvania. And along the way, um, we celebrate monster movies, monster culture, Halloween. Um, and uh, we're getting a lot of good feedback, a lot of people having fun with it. And uh, so, yeah, we're pretty excited that it's finally out. We were hoping that we would have it out last Halloween, but uh, that did not happen. So, um it's but here it's now. better. It's actually better that we didn't get it out last Halloween because we we were able to take a little bit more time, uh, add some more content to it, polish everything up a little bit better, and I think that the the time that we waited definitely paid off in the end. So well, and it's it's also here for summer. So all those planning their summer vacations. Um, you know, you're, you can get this book and uh, plan your, your vacation to uh, Transylvania because summer is here today uh, while we're recording this. And, well, at least where I live, uh, it's summertime. Kids are out of school. Yep, and, uh, and that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about, uh, you know, we're thinking back of, to, to when we were kids and uh, summertime was here. And summer was a big time for us when we were kids. And yep. uh, Tom, I think you you uh, you found a list of things to do uh, well, during okay. the summer. Yeah. So so I just I went out and I tried looking for things that people do to prepare themselves for summer. An essential list. This is yeah, an, it's an essential list. I don't, I don't know if you want to call this an essential these list. Are things but- these are things you have to do, it sounded like, when you were just reading some of them to me. Yeah, so it yeah. says, it says how this is a WikiHow article. And they uh, know, it says how they to prepare for summer. 
They know how to prepare. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the first one is updating your beauty routine. Got to do uh, that. I'm not really sure what what that is all about. Um, when I think of summer, I think of I need to update my beauty routine. Yeah. How about purchase a new swimsuit? Now, that's logical, but I don't know about that. I don't know um, that I want to spend my money on a new swimsuit. The one from last year works just fine. Works good to me, yeah. Uh, but it's essential. These are, these are essentials. I mean, number three on the list, uh, pick up a new bottle of sunscreen. I'm, uh, I'm not even sure I ever used sunscreen. I don't. But... <laughs> I don't. The one that we have in our medicine cabinet is probably from like six probably. years ago. <laughs> yeah, probably. It probably still um, works. What do we got here? Soak up some sun uh, by the poolside. Probably the most relevant on this list. I definitely would say that maybe that's the one on this list that we, we did as kids. Did uh, we just making, sit there though? We didn't just sit there. Yeah, we definitely soak didn't just up sun. I mean, we we didn't swim. Yeah, we rode our scooters around, you know, when it was hot out, and soaked up sun that way. Yeah, or played baseball or something out in the yeah. street, or what are some other or something? What are making some other time essential? for self improvement? Uh, uh, like write out a personal summer reading list. Uh, well, I know that for my summer reading list, I'm going to put Transylvania Traveler. Yeah, obviously. List. That'll be right up top. Uh, enroll in summer courses. That I, doesn't I, sound like something <laughs> essential. Yeah. Uh, apply for a summer job. Who the hell wants a job in the summer? Yeah, I don't want to do that. I just got out of school. I'm thinking, you know, when I'm a kid, do I want to do that? Not really, so I, no. If I just got out of school, depending on what grade you would be in, do you want to go get a summer job? I mean, maybe you do because you want to get some extra money or something. But, yeah, I, I could keep going on this list, but it just isn't – this isn't a list that – that we used as kids. Yeah, I think about like when we were in third, fourth, fifth, fifth grade, you know, summer was an exciting time, you know, especially that last day of school. We had a pool and I remember getting out of school and, you know, to me it was like the smell of honeysuckle, pool chlorine, that was during the day, Barbie, the smell of barbecues in the evening. And then the tastes I think of when I think of summer, Otter Pops, Tony P yep. Tony's Pizza, and plums from the tree coming over the fence. Yep. And, and then when I think of summertime, I think of walking down to Travis's house at night and you hear like that lone cricket in the bush chirping and nothing else. So it's like it's still the possibility. Hot. It's still warm. You're wearing your your flow hose sandals. Yeah. <laughs> and oh God. <laughs> it's it's so quiet in the neighborhood, other than lone cricket chirping, that you know anything could be in those bushes. And especially, there was always something else in those bushes on the way back from Travis's house because we always went over there to watch a slasher movie. Yeah. And that's well, going to be other today's thing, episode. The other thing too is that we would just sit. I think we lived in our bathing suits because we went back and forth because Travis had a pool as well. So we would go back and forth to each other's house. Yeah. We, we lived in those things. Yeah. But yeah, slasher movies was a big part of summer for us. Huge. I don't want to scare anyone. But I'm going to give it to you straight about Jason. 
His body was never recovered from the lake after he drowned. And if you listen to the old-timers in town, they'll tell you he's still out there. Some sort of demented creature. Surviving in the wilderness. Full-grown by now. Stalking. Stealing what he needs. Living off wild animals and vegetation. Some folks claim they've even seen him. Right in this area. The girl who survived that night at Camp Blood, that... Friday the 13th. She claimed she saw him. She disappeared two months later. Vanished. Blood was everywhere. No one knows what happened to her. Legend has it that Jason saw his mother beheaded that night. That he took his revenge. A revenge that he'll continue to seek if anyone ever enters his wilderness again. And by now, I guess you all know, we're the first to return here. Five years, five long years, he's been dormant. And he's hungry. Jason's out there. Watching. Always on the prowl for intruders. Waiting to kill. Waiting to devour. Thirsty for young blood. Yeah, so, so, so we, we grew up in the 1980s. So at that time, there was the, the big slasher craze which started, even though some people say that that Psycho, Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho, started the slasher movie, and it kind of did, but it... Uh, yeah, that was back was, in 1960 when that movie came out, and it was a great movie. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, it, it definitely introduced, it had probably the, the one of the biggest iconic scenes with uh, Mary in there, uh, standing in a shower, and basically just getting slashed. slashed. Yeah. So. But it wasn't it wasn't really until like 1978 John Carpenter's Halloween and Michael Myers um that that was definitely the start of a new kind of horror movie but even then though that movie all the the kills were kind of done in the shadows it wasn't really until um 1980 when Friday the 13th came out and that was the first time that the the violence was actually taking place right there in front of your eyes, and it became a huge a huge thing. Um, you know, we think of of these slasher movies of the '80s as cheesy and campy, but at the time, they they were um, kind of like people were saying that it was it was causing the the youth to be messed up in the head and uh siskel and ebert did a whole special on on uh the slasher movies starting with the friday the 13th movies and then they all kind of it was like anything that had a holiday and a mass killer and scantily clad women you know became a movie so there was mother's day there was new year's evil 
There was Bloody Birthday. These were all, that was 1980, 1981, Bloody Moon, 1981, Final Exam, 1981. You had uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, which was a Christmas slasher, April Fool's Day. Yeah. It's like anything that was a holiday, you know, they would somehow come up with a killer and uh, it, it was just huge business. So anyway, Siskel and Ebert did this, this whole episode. It was like a special episode on um these movies saying that they the the violence was out of control and that it was dementing our our youth and they said that the violence was all directed at women claimed that the movies hated women and i always think of I, I guess I didn't think of it at the time when we were watching those movies. I never thought of it as, oh, this is an attack on women. But then again, we were like third, fourth, fifth grade, so we didn't really think of it. But I think about a, a movie that we made when I was in film school called High Voltage. Um, it was just a project that we made in school. And an editing teacher, I was showing it to her, and she said, you know, it's kind of interesting that um, all the men or all the guys in the movie – they were doing something to the killer and the killer killed them. But the, the girls and the women, you know, they, they were just minding their own business and the killer killed them. And I think it's funny. I think it's funny that, that they even went into that much detail. On that been, that was a we made the thing and I didn't even realize it. And I thought, I remember thinking about that saying, well, that's weird. I wonder why that is. And then I thought, well, yeah, because all the girls that we got who were – because this, this wasn't like we hired actors, we wrote a script. No, this was a cheese movie. Yeah, it was like whoever whoever was hanging out with us, it's like, hey, do you want to shoot a scene? And we would make things up as we went. And so the girls never wanted to act. So they would just be walking down a street, and the killer would come and kill them. And all the guys wanted to ham it up, and that was the reason. Yeah. So – there wasn't any, you know, agenda against women, and I never saw it that way as watching it, but I don't know. Maybe there was with the filmmakers. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it, it takes it takes us into another conversation that we've had many times is of the slasher genre. I mean, my whole thing, at least from my perspective, is I'm not really a huge slasher movie. I mean, I liked them back in the 80s when we were watching them. I think I liked them more of just because it was like a, a Halloweeny type, you know, uh, horror flick. It was the it was the thrill of it. I think it was yeah. like going on a roller coaster where you were you you kind of liked the exhilaration. I think we liked getting scared, but as and I got was there. older. I feel like as I've gotten older, I don't enjoy it as much. You know, some, sometimes, like, especially with some of the slasher movies of today, I almost feel, like, sick in the head by watching these killers oh, yeah. <laughs> just, like, I mean, think, destroy think about this, people. Like, you, you have, you, have uh, you know, Jason, and you have Freddy Krueger and Mike Myers and, and some of these other ones. I mean, you're sitting there watching a guy come out. He's got, you know, a sword or whatever, a machete, and he's slicing people up. I mean, those were they were so cheese back in the day that maybe it was it you know wasn't so realistic. Nowadays, it's so realistic. I mean, look at movies like Saw. I mean, when when they're going down and and they're they're slicing people up, and I mean the effects are so gruesome at this point 
or even yeah, you even almost the one feel that Rob Zombie did. What was that? Yeah. Like a thousand corpse corpses. House of a I thousand think it was. Corpses. All all of his movies that I've um, I've found. Uh, I mean, I watched them and and enjoyed them for what they were, but sometimes it is a little difficult to watch because it's almost like you're joining in just by watching it and you're thinking like, geez, I'm being entertained by this. <laughs> but, exactly. It, but, you know, I think as kids, we watched them and it, it was definitely the scares, like you get scares out of a roller coaster and, you know, afterward it's, the, you know, you feel that adrenaline rush. Um, because, you know, you look back at the slasher movies in the 80s that we watched, and there is a bit of, like, campiness to it and cheesiness, the, you know, bad acting. But at the time, they were they were looked at um, differently. They were looked at as real. There wasn't anything like that. So they weren't looked at as campy back then. And I was watching this YouTube documentary. Um, you could look it up. It's called... You're all doomed. The story of the '80s uh, slasher craze, um, and there's a lot of interesting stuff. It really goes into uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the Thirteenth, and it and then it'll kind of blast through uh, a few of the the bigger slasher movies and some of the spinoffs and whatnot. Um, and then, of course, they show a big old clip of that Siskel and Ebert um, special that I was talking about, um, where they kind of bash all the movies. It's interesting to watch um, and worth checking out um, just to get get more of an idea of the, of those slasher movies. But nevertheless, we should probably get into some of, even though we're kind of saying we don't love slasher movies, but I think, you know, to me, slasher movies says, you know, being a kid reminds me of summer and camping and all that. So, I, you know, we were going to list some of our favorite slasher psychos. So uh, did you want to start or do you want me to start? I can't remember. Yeah, I'll go into to my first one. Um, <laughs> and mine's not really a movie. And a lot of the times I know in the, in, in the past of the other episodes we've done, I'm, I'm trying to be as, as, um, as much variety of things because I enjoy a lot of the movies and whatnot. Uh, but there's a lot of other things that, that I think are brought to the table when it comes to, to slashers or even other monsters or other things. So I'm trying to bring a lot of variety to what we're discussing when it comes to monsters. Cause ultimately at the end of the day, this is all monsters, monsters, Halloween related. And that's what we talk about here. So I, I'm interested in a game. It's a tabletop game. Um, and if, if nobody knows what a tabletop game is, it's, it's, it's a, it's a game where, where you roll some dice, um, you got little miniature characters, and those miniature characters, you, you go against an opponent. The opponent has what is called an army. I have an army. They all do different things, and then you battle against each other across a, a board. And then uh, it's kind of like chess on steroids where you, you still have your king, even though they call him a caster or a warlock. Uh, you basically... Go, go back and forth and whoever either takes the entire army out or the caster uh, slash warlock wins the game. Um, so the, the particular tabletop game, cause there's tons of them. Uh, this one is called war machine and hordes. It's made by a company called privateer press, um, which was uh, the war machine side of it is one faction. And then the other faction is 
uh, or I guess the other side is hordes. So you could battle against uh, the war machines, like kind of the, the good side in a sense, and then the hordes is obviously the bad side. Um, the hordes side was introduced in 2006 by Privateer Press, and if just for other information, the war machine side was introduced um, in 2003 when this game was actually originally announced. But recently, uh, February 17th, 2017, they announced a new faction to the Horde side, which is called Grimkin. And Grimkin has, I think this is really, really neat. They've taken fairy tale creatures and they put them into this game. So they got like piggybacks. They got... Um, you know, for like the, the three little pigs, they got um, a witchwood tree, which is this tree that does all these different types of, of things. But one, if we're talking about slashers, I'm going to bring up uh, a character that they have. And his name is Skin and Moans. And he is a tall, just ugly looking guy. He almost looks like uh, like a mummy. He's wrapped in bandages and, and things. But they have a description on the back of the box, and I'm going to read it. It says, towering above its victims, skin and moans, fells mortals with expert slashes, then slices off their faces to stitch them into its own motley skin, where the dead visages continue to moan and groan. These thin, overlapping whispers eerily herald the monster's approach. And it's, it's this... It's this ugly-looking mummy that's just wrapped up in all these faces. And what's crazy about this character is he becomes stronger as he slashes victims. So you get something called a corpse token. So after you kill something, he gets a corpse token. It increases his strength. And then he goes out and he just dominates the board. To shake the bones and chill the board, who comes to reap their doom? A gnawing hunger grows within, a brute that pulls thee close. It rips the flesh and picks the bones and keeps what it loves most. A mortal is but skin and moans. It binds thy spirit tight till what once shone as bright as gold is harnessed by the night it, it, it's it's a fun game but this this guy is ruthless if you're standing in front of one of these and they have all their corpses on her i mean he just is ruthless and he will walk through things like there's no tomorrow so anybody that's interested in looking at pictures of it just type skin and moans space grinkin look at some images of it and you'll know what i mean this guy looks great and that's one of my favorite slashers right now, just in kind of the toy environment. Cool. Yeah. So um, for me, one of one of uh, the things that I picked was I, I, you know, I kind of like things that are a little more humorous, a little more fun and playful. So there's this book 
called How to Survive a Horror Movie by Seth Graham Smith. This is the guy who uh, who wrote Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. So this book is like one of his lesser known books, and it's How to Survive a Horror Movie. Um, one of the chapters is called um, Slasher Survival School, and he calls uh, we call we call them slasher psychos. He calls them slashers. Um, I'm going to read a little section in the beginning of this chapter um, because he talks about uh, five types of slashers, and and then he'll go into how he how to defeat him. So he says the most common predator in the horror movie universe, slashers, are named for their tendency to use sharp objects to violently kill or mutilate human prey. Like a shark's, a slasher's beauty lies in its simplicity. It's the perfect killing machine, an engine of death. Every molecule, every action is devoted to extermination. And just as there are hammerheads, great whites, and nurse sharks, slashers also come in in different shapes and sizes. There are three species, the living or the the slashes vitalis, serial killers, other psychopaths, the sort of living or S semi-animus, reincarnated mental patients, and the not-so-living, or S mortalis, uh, dead child murderers. And each of those species can be further divided into five types, all requiring different skills to identify and defeat. So the five types that, that he outlines in this chapter are the strong silent type, the gamesman, the half-retarded hillbilly, the wisecracker, and the mama's boy. It's pretty fun. It's pretty funny and, you know, pretty interesting. He uses a lot of, of stuff from, you know, the horror movies over the years. Um, in the back of the book, he lists a bunch of movies that, that uh, you should watch, which you, when he's, when he's writing about the stuff in the book, they're kind of all based on the characters and situations in, in the, uh, in those movies. So yeah, it's a fun book, and uh, the slasher stuff in there is really fun. You know, there's he, t- you know, there's always the 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 slasher psycho, or as he calls them, the slashers that walk, but they catch up to you even though you're running. There's the trip scene, and you know all that kind of stuff. Yeah. All those those tropes. In every you know, single kind of slasher movie out there. Yeah, and then that's kind of the fun, you know, about these movies. And so this book kind of brings out the fun that, you know, the things that, at least for me, the stuff that I love in those movies. So, yeah, it's it's definitely worth checking out. Again, it's called How to Survive a Horror Movie. It came out in, like, 2007. Uh, I'm Seth assuming Graham. you can get that on Amazon? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So uh, I was going to I was gonna kind of switch gears a little bit, and then we'll come back. But we never brought up the Larry monster. Oh, yeah basically our childhood of going camping with our dad i mean let's let's just let's just put a little setting out there for going camping with our dad you know everything was usually really well planned out organized you know we would have everything ready to go we'd jump in the car we'd drive down wasn't it lake casitas yeah it was you know we he would say we're gonna go fishing um we would have that yellow tent you know, we, we, we'd get to our, our, the location and it was always neat. I mean, the campsites were neat. Um, we would set up the tent, you know, usually consisted of, of, 
of dad getting a little irritated uh, setting the tent up. But once it was up, it was huge. And then, it was uh, definitely, definitely summertime. You know, I, I think that definitely is a summertime memory when we went camping. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and then having a campfire at night and he would be telling us scary stories. Stories. Yep. And the, the cool part about it is that it was dark. Uh, you could hear the crickets. Uh, it was always, it was always a little warm out, but not too warm. Uh, and there was other people around us, but they weren't like right right up you know right next to us so you, you were kind of looking around as the fire was going and then he'd be telling us a story about at night when you have to go to the bathroom um that that if you ventured out alone and went to to basic what was it the latrine, the latrine. yeah yeah which you know is just an outhouse um and you would you would go in there and if you you know did your business that uh, on your way back, the Larry monster was was all of the the stuff inside the latrine would would be this monster that would then come out and come after you. So, so really, I think it was a way to get us kids to not go to the bathroom in the middle of the night because he would basically have to walk us down to the latrine, which it's the Larry monster because I guess when he was a kid, it was called the Larry, like how we, our generation yeah. called it the John. They called yeah. it the Larry. So the Larry monster, I think he just didn't want to get up in the middle of the night and walk his <laughs> kids down not. to the, the latrine. <laughs> so so we were afraid of that dang Larry monster. <laughs> yeah. And, and to this day, I mean, we always talk about the Larry monster if we go camping just because it's funny. And, and, and now, I mean, it's funny now, but back in the, in the day when we were, you know, kids probably because we were watching all these slasher movies that we would be freaked out, and I, I wouldn't get up half the time uh, oh, to yeah, go I down remember, there. And when you did, remember, you're running, you're running I remember, back. I remember holding, <laughs> holding it because I didn't want to go to the, get up to go to the bathroom because I was afraid of that damn Larry monster. Exactly. So I would just wait till the morning. <laughs> yeah, you just wait until it got it got light out, and then you'd hurry up and go, and then run back. So. Anyways, By the way, just... the, the Larry Monster is in our new book, Transylvania Traveler, which you can get conveniently at jackolanternpress.com. Yeah, and speaking of that, there's actually a, uh, there's a chapter inside the Transylvania Traveler called To Do, To Die For, and the title of it is Friday the 13th Slasher Festivities is a Must. And uh, it it goes into detail and description about what happens on Friday the 13th at, at camp slasher psycho, uh, and goes in more in the, in the view of, of the, the, the psycho slasher that's reading the novel and then going out and seeing the, you know, the teenagers coming to the camps. We kind of do a little joke about how it need you know, lightning will be going, rain will be coming down uh and you're standing in you know the the doorway watching the silhouette of yourself standing there as the teenagers are screaming and of course the teenagers are going to be stupid and start running and and screaming and falling and it's just a neat little story that we have in our book that that references that type of stuff uh you'll definitely want to read that for sure so yeah. 
I'm going to go into my, my next favorite thing of, of slashers. And I'm going to do a video game because this came out recently. Um, maybe not recently, but, uh, you know, 2017 again. So on, on May 26th of 2017, uh, developers Illiphonic and Black Tower Studios uh, came out with a game called Friday the 13th. And what's kind of cool about this game is you could play as either Jason or I think it's four or five teenagers and you have to run around and... If you're a teenager, you have to run around. There's objectives. So, for instance, you need to figure out how to how to find the parts to put the car back together, to get back into the car, to drive out, and then you're safe. Or you can call the cops, wait for the cops to come and get you. Uh, and while you're waiting, Jason, which is another character, it's a multiplayer game, is playing Jason, and he comes after you and you know, goes to, goes to kill you. It was, when it first came out, it was really buggy, but the game was a lot of fun. Um, if you played Jason, it, you were so overpowered. It, it was, it was awesome. You were, you would run in, you would be able to like see this, this neat black and white view of all the guys running around and you would just charge up into, into them and, and you would slice them up and, I mean, the game was fun, and uh, I don't know how how big of a game it still is. It might, it's still. I mean, I play it still, and and uh, there's still a lot of people that play it. But there's even there's even things like the uh, as you're you're uh, surviving, you could become a, a hero class, as they call it in the game, and become Tommy Jarvis, which is one of the the fictional characters in Friday the Thirteenth. I think he was first introduced in uh, Friday the Thirteenth, the final chapter. But you can, you could be Tommy Jarvis, and he he's like this elite character, and uh, he kills. He could kill Jason because I think in in that movie he actually kills him, even though he comes back to life. But uh, but you could play that character. It's kind of neat, and the game is just is just a lot of fun. Uh, you could play various. Um, jason's so you could do obviously the hockey mask um they also have the one where it's 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 called the bag head where he has that that rice sack over his his head uh in one of them you got a modified hockey mask where it's like uh you know where the iconic scene of of the machete slashing at his mask and it like uh it cut it you could play that one. You could also play one that has his face, which is, you know, obviously ugly. And uh, and basically, like I said, you just go around and your your objective is to try to be safe. Randomly selects who could be Jason. I think I already said that, but you go in and, and it's it's just a lot of fun. And obviously it's a huge slasher type I, iconic film. So definitely cool. check it out. Um I'm pretty sure it's still an active multiplayer game. So, yeah. Cool. So for uh, my next one, I kind of cheated a little bit. Um, instead of picking, like, one character, one movie, I picked the big four. And the big four, I mean Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers, and, of course, Leatherface. Um, these are uh, the big four to me. 
Um, I think for the most part, those are the big four for a lot of people. Yeah, they were um, just, for me as well. You know, and these were slasher movies, but, you know, they're really just iconic characters. And uh, I think as from a film point of view, I would probably say Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 1974, probably the most scarring film that I saw around that time. And it was really well made. Um, I won't go into too much about that one, but... If you listen to the film commentary or see any of the behind the scenes of the making of that movie, I mean, it just seems like those those filmmakers were living that movie. You know, check it out. I don't I don't want to spoil anything, but you know, the behind the scenes is definitely almost as entertaining as the movie. Yeah, didn't um, they have and then something a- with the with the the Freddy Krueger, the newer one was it New Nightmare or something? Yeah, and they actually well, was- had had something where it was behind the scenes of the movie, but they were still filming the movie or. Yeah. It was supposed to be like they, yeah, they were making a new one and then um, it kind of came to, to life while they were making it. Um, but yeah, then there, then of course there's uh, Michael Myers and Halloween, which is probably my favorite uh, movie because I mean, it's Halloween. It has such great Halloween mood, but I'll probably save um, discussion about that movie for another podcast. Um, but then, of but course, it is, uh, it is definitely, definitely one of the top rated slasher movies of of yeah. all time. It is uh, the Halloween it's, it's, series. It's, yeah, it's the, to me the the first three. I know a lot of people don't like the third one, and the third one doesn't have Michael Myers. But um, that'll probably be another discussion for another podcast. Yeah. But yeah, the first three to me are are the best. Uh, but then there's Nightmare on Elm Street. And of all those films, uh, I think, you know, uh, the 1984 original is is the best film. But the first slasher movie that I've e- I ever saw was Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, Freddy's Revenge, that came out in 85. And I think it's probably in like third or fourth grade. And I remember, you know, laying under the coffee table watching it. And that was when... Um, our sister Loretta and her boyfriend Randy, I think he had rented the movie, and it was just—I don't. Do you remember watching? I don't know if you were I there, say, Tom. Do you, yeah, I, I think I was there because I remember being under the coffee table. But we watched the second one before we watched the first. Oh yeah, yeah, because that was the oh, first I, one. I, I we'd don't seen. remember that. We were oh, we were okay. too young, and I think you know you know mom was was out. You know our parents were divorced at that time, so. We were home a lot. It wasn't like it is now. You know, you, you don't leave your kids home. Although Loretta, I think, was in seventh grade. But even still, I don't think you, people really yeah, do we that now. We were watching horror movies. We were yeah. watching horror movies when I was really young. Yeah. But I that movie definitely freaked me out. So there's definitely a nostalgic place for that movie for me. But I think the one that, that really sticks with me as far as Freddy Krueger was part three dream warriors, um, which came out in 1987 and that was directed by Chuck Russell, who did the blob in 1988. He did the mask in 1994. Um, Frank Darabont, who would go on to direct, um, Shawshank Redemption. Um, he, um, had a hand in the screenplay, but there was just a lot of really cool visual things in that movie. Like there was a Freddy puppet that came to life. The TV. Oh, yeah. There was a Freddy. About that, the TV. Yep. Yep. There was a Freddy snake. Then there was one part where he had like these hypodermic needle fingers. 
um, you know, this wheelchair that was attacking this kid in a wheelchair. There was like a, a Freddy skeleton that looked like, um, you know, the skeleton animation from 1963's Jason and the Argonauts. Um, you know, he had all his 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 one liners were really, uh, you know, clever, you know, punny, you know, one liners that, you know, would go on to, you know, really encapsulate who Freddie would become. Um, so I think, you know, that one, there's just a lot of visual stuff that stuck with me. Um, so uh, I, that one, I think, is probably my favorite as far as like a fun factor. But like I said, I think the original film is definitely the best. Um, there's um, that that documentary that I saw on on YouTube that I was talking about earlier called You're All Doomed, the story of the 80s slasher craze. And there's a whole behind the scenes of of Nightmare on uh, Elm Street. And there are a lot of interesting behind the scenes, like how Wes Craven came up with the idea. Um, you know, base, it was, he based a lot of it on these three articles um, that he read in, in the LA Times about um, this one kid who was afraid he'd die in his sleep. And so he would not, he would not sleep and he, I guess he even had like a coffee maker in his closet and his parents would give him these sleeping pills because doctors were saying he's got to sleep and he stayed up for some like crazy amount of time. This is a real story. And eventually he fell asleep and died and there was an autopsy and they couldn't find anything, you know, that caused his death. So Wes Craven was even reading that article and there were a couple other similar ones and he was like, it, it just was like, this was a movie. And that's how he came up with the idea. In any event, if you watch that little documentary, a lot of interesting behind the scenes stuff on uh, Wes Craven and that, and that movie. Hey, do, you, uh, do you remember when you, when you talk about, you know, Friday or Freddy Krueger, uh, I always go back to, you remember flight, uh, fright flicks? The oh cards? yeah. The cards. And that's you know right. what's crazy is as I was, I still have those. And on these cards, in case, you know, our, our listeners uh, don't know about them, but uh, search for Fright Flicks. They're, they're just baseball cards that are all horror movies. And I remember, because, you know, we have a, I still have a ton of them, but uh, they have the TV. They have, you know, Freddy sitting there with that sweater on, you know. Uh, it's got other poltergeist. It's got all kinds yeah, of horror movies Chucky. on it, not specifically, you know, slashers, but, but they have all kinds of different things on there. But I, I always, for whatever reason, I always think about when we bring up Freddy Krueger, uh, I always think about fright flicks. It's kind of funny. Um, yeah. but yeah, look them up They're They're kind of neat. Yeah. And then, uh, so then also, uh, of course, Friday the 13th and Jason Voorhees, um, the first, Friday the 13th. I don't know if this is the first one you saw. I think you were with us when we watched it. But it, at that time, um, the final chapter, part four, came out in 84. And I've seen them all since because once we saw that movie, it was like we had to rent them all. And there, there were two video stores near us at the time. There was uh, the Wendy Kimber video, and then there was Apple video. And the Wendy Kimber video guy would not let us kids rent rated R movies. Yeah. But the Apple video guide didn't care because we had money. <laughs> so yeah. we rented everything that we could get all the Friday the 13th. Um, we would order a pizza from Tony's Pizza. 
we would get ourselves, you know, I think we'd get like a couple of two liters and we would, we would walk back because we, we never fill up our down there. We'd fill up our back. We'd fill up our radio flyer wagon with plums (laughs) (laughs) on the way back. Yeah. And we'd always go back to our house, sit in our living room, throw that in the VCR and we would sit there and watch these movies yeah. pretty much for the remainder of the night until we fell asleep most of the time on the ground with you know our friends and stuff there and then we'd wake up in the morning and play some Atari 2600 yeah <laughs> but yeah i remember the the fourth one i feel was my favorite and it could be cuz we saw that one first but um it was it's a it's a fun i thought it was fun a fun one uh, but one of the things that you know to me um, really says Friday the 13th and really says slasher movie to me. When I think of a slasher movie, it's that the music from Friday the 13th. And, um, yeah. you know, it's, it's just, um, I feel so Harry Manfredini did the music for, for pretty much all the Friday the 13th. And there's definitely like shades of the jaws theme and there's shades of psycho, um, there's a lot of, if you know the Polish composer and conductor, Krzysztof Penderecki, uh, definitely look him up because he's done, his music is, is heard in a lot of movies like, you know, The Exorcist from 73, The Shining from 1980, Martin Scorsese used some of it in, in Shutter Island, David Lynch uses it a lot, but his stuff, um, Krzysztof Penderecki, um, just if you type in P-E-N-D-E-R-E-C-K-I into like Spotify or Apple Music and you listen to his stuff, it's just really cool. But in any event, Harry Manfredini's music is, um, you know, to me, when I hear it, you know, yeah, my memories just go right back to summer, summertime as a kid watching all of these movies, you know, House and Child's Play all those movies, it's just though that music just does it, you know, and especially, you know, how can you forget, forget that? Sh- 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 ah, ah, ah. Yeah, exactly. But there's that, something yeah, every time. If you've seen the something... movies, you know exactly what we're talking about on that. And there's something interesting about it, um, you know, about how he came to create that sound and what it actually is. So I just wanted to play the clip here real quick. One of the most memorable aspects is the music. It's iconographic now. It's that. And people come up to me, oh, you did. And everybody thinks it's cha cha cha. I'm like, cha cha cha? What are you talking about? I got this idea from the picture. There's a close-up of Betsy Palmer's mouth. Get her, Mommy. Get her. Kill her. The mouth is going, kill her, Mommy. Kill her, Mommy. So I got the wacky idea to take kill her, Mommy, uh, the first letter of, first two letters of kill, K-I, and Ma, M-A. And then there was a, a, a gizmo we had called an Echoplex, which we were using a lot in the film. I went to the microphone, and I don't know why, but I, I just went, and it went. Then I went, and whoa! I went, that's really, that's pretty spooky. So I think it's obviously a success because uh, everybody remembers it. 
so yeah, that was, you know, that was Harry Manfredini talking about, um, you know, scoring the music for Friday the 13th. And, um, so yeah, the big four, that, that was my, one of my, one of my favorite, uh, slasher psychos, the big four are those guys. So let's just do our honorable mentions real quick. Um, I, I have a couple. I mean, obviously, we kind of already brought one up. Uh, Psycho, Alfred Hitchcock's uh, Psycho 1960, um, Child's Play, which you kind of already brought up. That's uh, Chucky, you know, the the doll that runs around and has a has a knife. That's a pretty huge. Um, I, I think they made a few of those. Uh, you have the Saw movies. Um, you, which I, I mean, once again, it goes back to our, our other conversation. I, I, it's not that I love these movies. It's just they are top movies of the slasher genre. Um, you also have Scream. You have Scream Jeepers was fun. Creepers. Scream was uh, kind of like a love letter to to all the slasher movies of the eighties. I felt, um, yeah, yeah, that was those those were fun movies. Yeah. Did you did you have some as well? Yeah. So uh, you know, of course, there's. Joe Dante's Piranha from 1978, um, although some say it's it's a John Sayles. It's his script that really made that movie. I don't know if I totally agree with that. I think it's a great script, but I loved all the little touches in that film, like little, if you watch the movie carefully and you look at like newspaper headlines and magazine headlines, there's obviously the Jaws video game because Piranha was definitely uh, a nod to Jaws. Um, there's the 1980 John Carpenter movie, the fog. And of course the opening campfire scene, which even though I believe that it, that's taking place in May, um, it feels like summer to me. You know, I, it brings me back to, you know, Lake Casitas when we're camping with dad at that campfire and he's telling stories. So I always like that. Not only that, uh, the fog had some neat scenes in it where that, that fog basically is coming in. Yeah. And then there's these creatures that come out of the fog and come and get you. And yeah, it's, it, great, it's a great movie. Great. great movie. At, yeah. It's great atmosphere. And uh, yeah, a, a, a cool, a cool movie. It probably, you could call that a slasher movie as well because those, those pirate ghosts slash up some people. Yeah. Um, but then, then some like non-movie stuff um, for any of you who live in Southern California, you must uh, know, already know about Halloween town, which is a store in Burbank. Um, and they, you could get all kinds of slasher psycho stuff, you know, horror movie stuff, Halloween stuff. It's, it's the greatest store in the world. And it's um, open if, year round. It's open That's year round. Ticket. Yeah. It's open year round. Um, but if you don't live in California and you're not coming anytime soon, you can go to HalloweenTownStore.com and see all the fun stuff on there. Um, there's a couple things that I, wasn't able to check out but would love to check out I've, i just kind of saw these things um there's something called mixtape massacre which was funded on kickstarter um and it's a uh basically like a slasher horror board game um if you go to mixtapemassacre.com um you could check it out um it looks like you can't order the game at the moment it says restocking at least as of this recording that's what it says but it looks really cool it's something i'm gonna i'm gonna check out i'm probably um, gonna check that out because you showed me that and i was looking at it and it, it's it's a it little looks cartoony, cool but it looks cool i mean it's a dice yeah, it game looks... you roll the dice and then it but it has like a a plastic slasher uh you know sword or dagger 
uh, with blood on it and you know you roll the dice it looks like you just go around the board and you have uh you know the cardboard pieces i think that goes around i'm not sure what the object of the game is but it does look really cool yeah and then another thing that i want to check out um there is a book uh by j.a Kurswell called the teenage slasher movie book and i guess there's a second edition that's revised and expanded which they did in 2018 and it looks like um, the author just you know grew up on slasher movies and and wrote this book about him and and i guess uh, if you go to uh, his website um if you just type in uh the teenage slasher movie book um you'll be able to find his website um i think it's a he it may be a girl i don't know it's just ja in any event there's a podcast and uh you know i think reviews but i i didn't really get to look into it as much as i wanted to but it's definitely something i will will definitely check out um so yeah that's uh that's and everything with that we uh, will conclude with once again that our, we're really excited that our book is finally released. Um, I'm sure you guys will be hearing more about the other uh, districts that are in the book as we as we go through each each of our podcasts. Um, we're going to try to keep it as a as a theme for for each district until we get through all of them, and then we'll have other discussions about um, other things related to to uh, pieces of the book, uh, places in the book, and then also anything really Halloween-related and monster-related. And if anybody has any ideas or thoughts, you know, get in touch with us and let us know what you want to uh, talk about or what you want us to talk about, and, and we'll, uh, we'll be sure to put it in our episodes. Yeah, so just go to uh, jackolanternpress.com. Again, that's jackolanternpress.com, and you can... Uh, find the book there you can you know find stories there and we'll have news of you know any book signings and things like that but yeah all there on jackolanternpress.com but uh, to take us out i wanted to uh to play something again from our childhood um this is from 1979's chilling thrilling sounds of the haunted house from walt disney studios it's a record we have um, and there, you know, little vignettes and stuff that you would play at Halloween time out the window for trick or treaters to hear and get, you know, scared. Um, there's this vignette is called Encounter in the Fog, and uh, it's a vignette uh, where you hear the original slasher psycho, and that is Jack the Ripper.
Ha, 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 ha.